What's up, fellow wrestling fans? Thanks for checking out the first episode of the Smartened Up Podcast, keeping you informed on everything inside the squared circle. I'm Danon. My co-host John will be jumping on the line in just a minute as we talk about WWE Payback 2016, the uh, follow-up to WrestleMania, the first pay-per-view of the new era, as some people are calling it. We're going to be breaking it down match by match, talking about what we like, what we don't like, and also uh, discussing the happenings on Monday Night Raw the night afterwards. Lots of new developments going on inside the WWE, some new faces working on top, so we'll talk about all of that good stuff and much more. So if you love pro wrestling as much as we do, I have a feeling you're going to like what you hear, so thanks for checking it out. And I tell you what, I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's uh, let's get down to business. Here it is, our discussion slash review of WWE Payback. As far as this whole new era thing goes, uh, you know, Payback, of course, was billed as the first pay-per-view of the new era of the WWE. New faces, new matches, all that good uh, political spiel. But, uh, you know... how do you feel about uh, about it? Do you really believe, or does it honestly feel like we're in a new era, or is it more of the same old, same old? Um, you can't really say that right now. I, I feel like you can't say that right now. It doesn't. It, it feels like it's going in a different direction. Um, I feel like they're trying to do a little bit, but it's it's also the fact that Extreme Rules is coming up and. You know, they're starting to do the whole extreme spots and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I, I can't say until it gets to maybe, maybe in the summer, like yeah. the SummerSlam, you know, because that's when, that's when you really start to notice the change is around sure. the, like mid, like in the mid season and all that stuff. Uh, but as far as it goes, you definitely tell that there's, a, that there's difference. You know, there's a big difference going on in the WWE. I mean, and it's, you know, it started in WrestleMania with the whole changing of the women's title. That right there shows that they're trying to change things. Um, and adding on the NXT superstars. Now, granted, I, I that is that is also because of the roster being, you know, injured. Sure. But, but I, to say that I'm not saying that just to say that though the reason why they're out there is because every single one of the people that are on there now deserve to be on the main roster and there's people still in NXT who need to come up yeah without question know? so I feel like I feel like they, they're starting to change and I just I, I want to see how it progresses from here on in you know yeah it's uh, it's very exciting to, to see some of these guys get up and uh, get the recognition that they deserve I think uh, you know obviously as you mentioned uh, NXT when you got a system like that in place where you've got these guys that are coming up and now they're signing all these veterans on the independent scene and uh, you know and then they've got these homegrown talents that get the chance to work with these veterans and uh, learn from them and also you know, learn every aspect of what it takes to be a main event talent in this business, whether it be cutting a great promo or, uh, you know, being a ring general or whatever, you know, all of that, being in touch with your character, because all those things are important uh, to be a main eventer in WWE. But, uh, you know, when you have a system like that in place, you, you got to utilize those guys uh, in, in a way that is appropriate to them. And I, I was worried for a while, and I, I still am to some extent, you know, because some of the first NXT uh, call-ups were kind of floundering a little bit, be it the Ascension or um, Tyler Breeze, uh, Bo Dallas, you know, a lot of those guys, they kind of got a lukewarm reaction when they came up, and, you know, most of them haven't really done a whole lot of notes since then even Neville to an extent has kind of uh, floundered in the mid card whereas a lot of those guys were, were uh, in kind of marquee positions in NXT that that's to be expected not everybody can make it to the top nor should they but um, with that being said I'm excited about a lot of these new call-ups uh, I'm really hoping that you know even guys like Baron Corbin I'm hoping he makes a splash uh, obviously Apollo Crews he's a guy I think should have probably stayed in NXT a little longer in favor of some other people but I'm yeah. I'm still you know happy to see that you know he's he's finding his footing on the main roster and uh of course you know Sami Zayn uh great great talent um yeah man I, I I'm glad to see some new faces and I just hope that they get utilized in a way that gets them over and uh kind of creates some of that roster depth that the main roster so desperately needs yeah I do too 
Uh, I, you know, the thing about it is, though, is you, see, I watch NXT, so I, <laughs> I sit there and I look at the way that some of the, the NXT people are handled as far as it goes because, I mean, you, like you said, not everybody can get the push. And then a lot of the times, it's, it, it's not so much as them getting the push, it's putting themselves out there for the push to actually start. Sure. Um, and I feel bad that some of them haven't, from NXT, gotten that push. Well, at the same time, I, you gotta you gotta work on it. You gotta work. You gotta yeah. work with what you got, and if it doesn't work out, then you're gonna be stuck. I know? think I think it's uh it's kind of a catch twenty two because NXT, it's not really a developmental brand anymore. It's not really like a third brand either or a second right. brand, I guess, because now they're touring. I mean, it's got a marquee value. They're they're selling out arenas and. Uh, you know they're t- going around the world or around the country and you know people really love NXT there's a rabid fan base there so you don't want to take all the talent away all at one time because then right. that brand will suffer but on the right. other hand you know these guys want to get get up to the main roster make the main roster money get the main roster uh perks and uh you know that's that's where they should want to be uh you know so so it's it's a tough thing they've tried to fill some of those voids uh with this uh, established indie talent and uh you know I, i'm all for that i'm glad to see guys like austin aries and samoa joe bobby Roode, and nxt uh but you know on the other hand they definitely they don't want to uh, rest on their laurels too much and count on these guys outside of the company to fill those spots they they still need to be doing uh, homegrown talent also so uh, right. it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward they're doing balor and joe uh for the fourth time at the next takeover and you know, it just goes to show that yeah, there's definitely a hole in the the main event area of NXT right now. I think the women's roster is still pretty stacked. The tag team division is great, but those main event the main guys, yeah, the main event guys are just it, that's the reason why they're doing Samoa Joe, and I, I see that too, and I yeah. completely agree with you on that. And uh, but I feel like they have enough right now, you know, with uh, Nakamura and yeah. Uh, Austin Aries eventually will probably uh, do a little do a little something in uh, NXT. Sure. Um, I just I don't know. I feel like that's just holding on to them until they can actually get whatever you know feud or right. Uh, you know fit him in the in the right spot line, the storyline going yeah yeah uh, you mentioned nakamura man uh he's a guy if there's ever been um you know a, a japanese guy that had what it takes to uh, be a main event star in wwe it's him for sure oh yeah definitely nakamura was phenomenal and his match with Sami Zayn, the last takeover was just great oh yeah man he's uh he's a he's a great talent hell of a hand uh he he's got a distinctive look he's got the charisma uh yeah i don't i don't his english is okay from what i understand i mean enough to get the point across uh he could probably get a little better in that that but that's the only thing i could see you know even remotely standing in his way he connects with the crowd really well and uh yeah definitely very uh very talented as far as uh an in-ring competitor right Let's get on the, the to payback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that because man, a lot of stuff going down. Uh, a lot of really solid matches, in my opinion. Only a couple of uh, of stinkers, or not even really the matches themselves. They weren't even, they weren't even, yeah, it was just certain aspects of it that just was like, why did you do that? Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, so I did not see the pre-show. I know you did. So, what were your thoughts on uh, the, the the pre-show matches? The pre-show matches were like really good uh they should have been on like i i still feel like the the u.s title should have been on the uh the main show because it is a it is a a title right yeah it's important it should be brought into the pre-show i mean unless they're trying to make that a pre-show belt which don't make sense no Uh, i mean think about it dude less than a year ago john cena was holding that strap and he was defending it every week in main event matches i I don't think that it needs to be on the pre-show i think it's uh, just a a matter of where the 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 value that they put into it now that you know somebody else is holding it well i think you know honestly it goes with and i could be wrong you know it, it was such a prestigious title and that was in WCW. I agree. We all know how Vince feels about WCW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just feel like he's shitting on that title, and it is a prestigious title. I mean, great 
people have held that title. Sure. And I just feel like, it, it, you know, when you put it in a, 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 a pre-show, you're just devaluing it. Agreed. Know? Agreed. I think it, uh, you know, same at WrestleMania. And obviously the guys in the match weren't too happy about it either. Or at least Ryback wasn't. Yeah, Ryback certainly wasn't. Uh, but with the first match, Dolph Ziggler versus uh, Baron Corbin, I liked the match. I thought the match was good. These two have really good heat right now as far as, like, beat, you know, having this little rivalry and all that stuff. I feel like it's a good rivalry. And I feel like they're going to push it on. Obviously, with what happened Monday night, uh, they're going to push it to extreme rules. Whether or not it's going to be a bottom card, you know, like another pre-show match, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel bad for Baron Corbin if he gets put in another pre-show match. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man. I mean, because, I mean, with that match, with the match at Payback, I mean, it was a really good match. They did a really good job. They just, I I didn't didn't agree with the the ending. And I hate freaking matches that end in roll-ups. (laughs) <laughs> well, it, it's such, it, man, dude, it's such an overused spot at this point. You know, it's just unreal. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the finish because I agree with you. I don't think that the new guy coming into the company should be taking the fall this early in their uh, in their stint on the main roster. No. It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing, though, because the problem is, man, I swear, they, they've been doing this 50-50 booking thing for so long where one guy will go over one night – other guy I'll go over the next night and that's all well and good but it doesn't really do anything for either guy if you know they're in a dead heat so that being said you know Corbin's been laying out Ziggler left and right since he debuted on the main roster and you know Ziggler man dude he's another guy that's kind of been a stop start sort of guy he's there when they need him very reliable very good in the ring great at selling and making other guys look like a million bucks but you know he's Another guy that's taken so many losses and, uh, you know, he's generally, at least in my opinion, viewed as uh, sort of kind of a, a jobber to the stars, if you will, which is a shame because he's... And it is. It really is a shame because Dolph Ziggler has so much talent and he's held the world, you know, he's held the world heavyweight yeah. championship. And he still gets just, a pop. He, he still gets a pop. He gets bigger pop than half of the you know half of the uh roster already yeah you know and i'm a fan of i mean i love i love seeing dolph ziggler you know get wins but on the other hand you know if you're gonna put him in a a a feud with this new guy that's coming in you know it's just obviously they're gonna move forward i'm sure that corbin will eventually uh pull it out and and you know move on from this feud and more power to him it's just, uh, you know, I, not, I'm not a fan of, of those kinds of finishes. I'm with you. I do know that, uh, I mean, judging by what I see, whether or not it's, it's a work or something like that, I do know that, like, watching, like, Breaking Ground on WWE Network and all that stuff, you see Baron Corbin in this <laughs> light that he just doesn't give a shit. Right. also his character out there. So whether or not that's kayfabed or not in real life, I mean, that could pose issues in the back as well. Yeah. Um, but... If not, you know, if it is kayfabe and all that stuff, he may, he should have a bright future as far yeah. as it goes. And uh, maybe, I don't know, I'm not going to put him in any kind of pedestal but his own, you know, but he could be on a, on a top level if they push him right. I think you know? so, too. I think so, uh, you know, I think he, he has a presence about him. I think he, uh, you know, he's... He's in tune with his character, and yeah, he's not a nice guy, but I mean, that you know, he he's he's real, and that's what I think people people like about him. His, the people that do, you know, his in ring work, eh, you know, he's still green. He still has some stuff to learn, but as far as just being a character and uh, having you know the right kind of uh, mentality, I, I think he's got a bright future. Yeah, the Ryback and and Kalista match was also a really really good match, and. The way that they performed, it should have been on. It should have been on. Like I said, this is also me talking about the title being on on the actual pay per view, right? And not in the uh, pre show. It should have been. The match should have been on the uh, on the actual pay per view as well because they they had some great spots with that. You know, with Ryback doing a gorilla press from the second rope. Uh, I have to agree with a few people out there that Kalisto didn't sell it really well. because <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just got it right back up and. Yeah, you know, killed it. But at the same time, I feel like I feel like that should have been more of a because it really was a good match. 
Yeah, it's hard to take Ryback seriously, especially with they with what they've been doing with them and changing his outfit and yeah, all that stuff. People screaming out Goldberg. <laughs> right. Yeah, that poor guy, man. He's been getting that since he debuted. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough spot, you know, and. I've noticed uh, with with hearing what some of the guys uh, talk about on other podcasts and things, you know, it's like when certain people get put on the pre-show, it kind of puts a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Like they have to go out there and work even harder just to, to open people's eyes to the fact that they belong on the, the main show, if you will. But, um, right. you know, in the case of Ryback... There's really been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there. He's been really disgruntled with his uh, position as far as, you know, being on the pre-show for the last two pay-per-views. But also, uh, apparently there was some kind of behind-the-scenes issue regarding uh, maybe a cut in pay or, or something along those lines. He actually requested to be written off of WWE TV, and he posted something about it on Tumblr saying that he and... Uh, you know, Vince McMahon were basically in some kind of, uh, you know, dispute over a new deal. And until they get it resolved, he has no interest in being on TV. Uh, you know, his, his side of the story is that, you know, he feels that, in his words, the winners and losers should be, you know, compensated the same way because it's a predetermined competition. It's not a real sport. You know, people go out there and they do their job, whether that job is to win or to lose. They do it the same. Uh, you know, they comply to that. And, go out and give it their best and you know under those circumstances they you know they should be compensated the same way but you know basically if you're looking at what he's really saying it seems that he's arguing that you know basically the the mid carters and the pre-show guys should be paid the same way that the main event guys are and i, I don't think i necessarily agree with that well i mean i don't think that they should be paid more than the main superstars you know you are mid card for a reason as far as sure. business is concerned right uh you are that would be that that's like that's like people at mcdonald's saying i want a 15 dollar raise <laughs> it's just like the managers you know <laughs> exactly um, exactly i don't feel like they should be paid more than the, the ones who who are out there in the uh the head the main line the main event and all that stuff. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's simple. You know, the reason, part of the reason why you want to be at the top of your game and you want to be in that main event spot is because the main event guys, you know, they're they're breaking bread. That's, that's what it's all about. You know, if everybody, you know, that would, in a way it would eliminate some of the uh, desire to move up and down the card. If that were the case, you wouldn't work as hard to go out there and, and be noticed. And, you know, it is kind of a which came first, the chicken or the egg scenario. I do think that certain guys are in top level spots because you know the the the, the forces behind the scenes want them to be there and they're behind them uh, no matter what. And I think other guys, it's a little more capricious than that. You know, they go out and. Uh, they maybe blow it one night and all of a sudden they're completely dropped like a hot potato and that's not always very fair and Ryback's case I can kind of see his point because man he was he was white hot at the end of 2012 beginning of 2013 he was in some really big angles with CM Punk and the Shield and then Mark Henry and you know I think after that they kind of turned him heel for no real reason and he floundered around for a while and he's really struggled to come back ever since then but i do think that if uh you know if the if the management had been behind him you know a little bit more then he could be one of those top level guys right now you never know you know and i believe that too because i mean as far as like the way that he looks and all that stuff he would make perfect for for he he's perfect for vince mcmahon you know right it's just what kind of work are you putting in if you're not i mean and he he seems to be a great worker not exactly a great wrestler um, and I think that might be his his problem. He's not exactly a great wrestler. No, you know? no, he, uh, he's he's good, but not great. I would say. Yeah, he's good, but he's not great. It's all like the same thing in a sense. You know, you do the same moves, you go with the same moves over and over and over again, but you don't do anything different. You don't do anything that makes the crowd go, "Whoa, holy crap!" Right. You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But either way, I mean, I definitely, I'd hate to see Ryback walk. I think he is a value to the company, and I hope that they can get this thing resolved. I hope so, too. Uh, I'd like to see Ryback. I do like Ryback, though. Ryback is somebody who I feel, you know, 
deserves some kind of push, but he also just he also needs to have a little bit more work done with him. Yeah. Maybe it's not even maybe it's not even like his his wrestling so much as maybe it's the booking and the the way that that the the WWE uh makes his storylines for him and all that stuff that kind of makes it to where he is now. So Yeah, well, the fact of the matter is this and uh you know a guy like Ryback, he's obviously a big guy. He's uh, he's got a lot of strength. He's kind of uh, a Goldberg esque sort of uh, character, you know. He's uh, he's supposed to be this big badass guy, and mm-hmm. you know it's hard to be that kind of guy and be utilized in the mid card because if you're in the mid card, that means that other guys are going to be getting wins over you all the time, and you know it's 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 hard to be taken seriously as that kind of character i mean imagine if goldberg never you know if goldberg was in wwe today and instead of going 100 and whatever and zero uh you know he he was losing here and there and stuff the the, the fans wouldn't have been behind yeah, him nearly fans, as much the fans wouldn't have been behind him at all you know and that's 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 the only reason why goldberg got off like got up and over the way he did was because of the fact that he came out and only used a few set of moves on a couple of jobbers and, and ended up having a, a great undefeated streak. Exactly. You know? And then once when he got up to the big card and all that stuff, they did everything to destroy him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. It is. But, um... But yeah, man. So let let's uh, let's get into the main card a little bit. We open things main up. Card. Yeah, we open things up the with the finals to the number one contenders tag team titles tournament. It was. Uh, scheduled to be Enzo and Cass against the Vaude Villains, a uh, match we've seen countless times in NXT, but now this time they're vying for the tag team title shot against the New Day. And, uh, you know, they came out, and I love the fact that they pulled out the beanbag chairs and the popcorn. Th- those guys are just awesome. I love the New Day. The New Day is great as far as, like, a today uh, standard three man team, you know? Yeah. Do all the. Especially Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods is a freaking character. If he is. Watch any of the up, up, down, down that he does. I love watching that stuff as being a gamer. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right. But uh, like the three of them together have this personality that's just freaking amazing, and I, I, I just I love them. I love, yeah, me too. I love the whole characters. <laughs> a perfect. Funny. They that... get the crowd over and. You know, I think it was cool. I mean, I think it was cool the way that they had their little spot and they sat in that corner and all that stuff eating the pizza. It just makes me laugh. Right. Well, and, and, you know, they're they're a perfect example of a team that went out there and and refreshed their characters and and put themselves into their work. And, you know, they were very successful because of it. And it's good to see that they finally turned to babyface because now they're ready to get the reaction that, uh, you know, they, they had in mind back when they were wearing blue and they had, like, no no care, no personality. You're not going to get over that way. No, you're not. If you're, if you're a heel and you have that kind of personality, you're definitely not going to get over. I, I, too, am glad that they uh, they uh, made them babyface because that, that's definitely the push in the right direction for them as well. Yeah, sure. And I think once this unit does disband eventually, all three guys are going to be a lot stronger because of it because they've been oh, able yeah. to – to show a full range of character, uh, whether it be heel or babyface, and and man, and they're they're great in the ring too. Kofi and Big E are a great team, and uh, Xavier is solid too. As far as like as far as the match goes, it's sad talking about it because yeah. of what happened. Uh, yeah, you never want to see a guy get hurt in the ring, and unfortunately, that's what happened to Enzo Amore going under that bottom rope. Man, his head bounced off uh, the mat, and he just went limp. It was pretty scary to see live. Um, it was scary to see live, and you know, I don't, I, I think it's it's terrible to see that happen to somebody, especially when they just debuted on the main roster. Yeah, and to have this kind of setback for them, especially when you feel like they were the probably the ones that were going to go over. Um, they maybe weren't gonna, maybe not win the titles. Who knows? Considering they just came in, but it would have been a great match to see Enzo and Cass against the New Day. Yeah. You know? But on the flip side of the coin, as I kind of figured they would do once this all went down, 
you know, they're trying to make their best, uh, trying to make lemonade out of some lemons because what, what's happening now is the villains are going to get that title shot since the match was basically forfeited by Enzo and Cass. They will go on to work with the New Day, and of course, they're going to take credit for uh, taking out Enzo Amore. So, you know, we'll see that feud. Can- Storyline between them. Exactly. And, you know, it's good to see, man, we've got a, a, a tag team roster deep enough now that we can have multiple different feuds going on at once. I mean, so many times over the years, how many times has there been, you know, one women's match, one tag team match because the the roster's thin or there's just not a lot of interest there. But now we've got so many teams that we can go different directions. Maybe the VOD villains win the belts off the New Day and then Enzo and Cass feud. Or it could be a non-title kind of a personal grudge match sort of thing. Uh, the possibilities are endless. You're right. It, it, there has been like a little, uh, a complete drought in the tag team uh, division for like years now. You know, you only like, I can only count like three before the Enzo and Cass and the Vibe Villains came in, and that was the Dudley Boys, New Day, and the Usos. Exactly. You know? Well, you do have the Lucha Dragons, but they're not really, you can't really put the Lucha Dragons in there because of, uh, yeah. Kalisto has the U.S. title. Exactly. I don't see that becoming a. I don't see that being a tag team for much longer. Sure. You know. And you've got. You know, um, yeah. yeah and you, then you got the Ascension. Right. And they're not getting pushed right. No. You know? So, but I feel like with adding more tag team with that the addition of the more tag teams and all that stuff, I feel like they can, like you said, they could do more with it. They could put them more in the uh, like like have two at least two tag team matches a night. Right, you know, yeah, and have two different feuds with two different tag teams, which I feel like that's what it is. You're st- like, as far as like how shows go, you're stuck on only having these certain types of feuds. You don't have a feud all around, and that's why I feel like it's where the change is coming in is because they're starting to make these these feuds happen everywhere, which is what they did way back. You know, during the Attitude Era and all that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. They you threw know, everything against every, the wall. Everybody, everybody that was on a pay per view had, you know, had a feud in the main show. You know. Yeah, and it's good to see that that kind of attitude coming back now. Right, and that's what I feel like. That's what's been really lacking in the uh, WWE programming for some time now. Definitely, so. that's part of the reason why the roster is so thin because uh, the the guys that were being utilized well, like John Cena and Seth Rollins, were out with injury, and there was nobody ready to step up and take that place because you know they hadn't been booked in a way that it was believable to do so. But they're finally getting back on track with that now, and uh, yeah, it's good to see there's a, some some actual uh, uh, you know creative going on b- between mid carters and uh, as well as the main eventers. And as for the whole match, the match that night, I mean, it, it's, it's, I'm so glad that Enzo's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I just really feel bad for how that ended, you know, because I, yeah. I can only feel for Enzo, you know, because that just sucked. And Cass, because, uh, he, he looked freaking distraught whenever, <laughs> whenever yeah. they paying camera on him and all oh, that. Well, I mean, it's a tough deal when you come in and, uh, you know, your partner goes down because then you can't help but wonder, well, what's going to happen to me in the meantime? But fortunately, he got utilized uh, the next night on Raw really well. He took the win. Really in the, well. They, the, and they did it. That was a really, really good little match, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, Cass is a great worker. Right, he is. Cass is a great worker. I would say, you know, even better than Enzo, but Enzo's got that charisma off the charts, and they, they just complement each other they, so they, well. Yeah, that's where they complement each other, and that's where they differ because – Enzo's great on the mic. <laughs> he he is, man. The reaction they got, the reaction they got at Payback was phenomenal. Uh, you know, as always, kind of reminiscent of the New Age Outlaws. They do their uh, opening match promo, and it always goes over so well with the crowd. It's just great to see the fans are really getting behind this team, and I, I think that uh, they've got you know mount, mountains of potential uh, ahead of them. And, you know, that's what they do remind me of. They kind of remind me of a this day and age New Day Outlaws, you know? Yeah. Because you had, you know, you had them come in with DX and they do the whole, we got two words for you and all that stuff. It's, I think they're great. I think Enzo and Cass has got a long ways to go. And hopefully this injury is just a minor concussion, not something that could put them on the shelf like Daniel Bryan, you know? Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Hopefully you are right about that. So we move along from the opener to, uh, in my opinion, the match of the night between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. 
match of the night indeed. That match was so good. <laughs> that match was so good. Yeah, it was even better. I, I've seen their NXT title matches, and those were good too. It was a different kind of story being told. So this time around, it was uh, more of a 50-50 kind of match versus uh, an extended beatdown, if you will. But um, but yeah, man, I really like the fact that they had the video package that just touched on all the history these two guys have. They grew up together as best friends, wrestled together around the world, and now they have such animosity uh, over, uh, you know, this Kevin Owens betrayal. And yeah, they, they touched on all of that stuff. So those that don't watch NXT really have a full picture of why it is What's that the, why they're fighting. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I love about that? I love the fact because I love that, that whole thing because it feels like a classic storyline. Exactly. It's something that you would see like back in the NWA days, the world of the WCCW days, you know, right? That just that's, that it had that feel to it, and that's what also I feel makes made it a good match was because you you were developed into what these two were really fighting about, you know. Exactly. And, uh, it was a long brewing, uh, uh, you long know, rivalry. Uh, rivalry, right? And and it's not even just about you know the fact that Owens put Zayn on the shelf. It's also you know, these guys are so competitive with one another and they both want to be the best. And, you know, Zayn had to sit on the hospital and watch Owens debut on the main roster and and wrestle John Cena and, you know, all that stuff, man. You just buy into it 100%. That's when wrestling becomes real in a sense. Right, and you're right. You're absolutely right. It does become real and and like the two of them together... You just knew it was going to be a good matchup. Sure. Both wrestlers are freaking phenomenal. Freaking Kevin Owens. I love Kevin Owens. Me too. He's a heel, and there's people that hate, you know, that boo him and all that stuff, but I cheer for the guy because <laughs> Kevin Owens is just, he's the greatest villain in I love the way that he just like trash talks people as he's like as they're fighting and uh, you know he's just so he's such a a bruiser brawler he's kind of a throwback to you know a lot of guys back in the eight like you mentioned in the 80s and 70s sure he's pulling off these flashy moves and he, he gets around like a cruiserweight but he's also just got this nasty streak and he really lays it in whenever he's uh you know he's be getting the heat on somebody, and uh, you know it, it reminds me of uh, you know these these just big brawlers from you know the eighties and uh, and seventies. Right, that just uh, like him, like him stopping to sit there and yell at Michael Cole, <laughs> yeah. who in my opinion deserves everything that Kevin Owens says. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, just to see him, see, you know him stopping a match to do that, and you know most of the time when you see somebody do something like that, they normally get like. And he does at, one, at at moments get you know attacked, and the match changes in the other person's direction, but he comes back from it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, and that's what makes him. That's what makes him what JBL says a prize fighter. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. It's it's um, man. I, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with him going forward because you know I think Zane Zane had a really strong showing. He obviously he went the distance. It could have gone to either guy. Kevin Owens wins by the skin of his teeth, and then he turns around and gets on the microphone and brags about it uh, like a heel should, you know. Right. And uh, you know, I just thought that it was really just it was perfect from the finish to the match itself to the the post match stuff. Uh, you know, on all cylinders, they were really clicking, and I don't think that Sami Zayn, in this case, uh, taking the loss, it didn't hurt him one bit. No, it didn't. I don't. I don't feel it hurt him at all because I mean, you know, the feud could still go on, and uh, it, it it is right going on. You know, and it's now crossed over to uh, the Intercontinental Title. Exactly. Um, and I feel like the you know that could be a great push. For, but I, yeah, I don't know. I see Cesaro actually winning the the IC title more than any of them. But it would definitely continue the the rivalry between the two, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Cesaro and The Miz. Now, they came in right after Kevin Owens stays behind after his match on commentary because he wants to get a bird's eye view of uh, his championship and the two guys that are going to be battling it out. Cesaro, they're kind of uh, 
they're doing something a little bit different with him. It's good to see The Miz and Maurice uh, together on screen. Obviously, a married couple in real life. I think that The Miz is very underrated as a performer. I do think that he uh, he does such a good job of just living that character and just coming off like a total prick. And just want, He's one of the few heels left on the roster that gets a legitimate heel response. The crowd really get, despises him, and he just he does so well in that role. You know, The Miz, uh, I can say a lot about The Miz. You know, from, from when he actually was feuding with John Cena for the title and all that, like, he is the heel. Um, the match itself, Cesaro, I mean, coming off after the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, yeah. it was kind of like, oh, man, too much. <laughs> but at the same time, Cesaro is a great wrestler. Yes. And he brought everything on the table he put everything on the table yeah. during that match, and so did so did the Miz too. The Miz did a great job wrestling. Oh yeah, they had a, they had a really good match. I mean, obviously coming off of the high of the Owens and Zayn, that's gonna uh, deter or be a detriment to the match quality. Obviously, uh, not not quite in the same caliber as that one, but I think they had a really solid match. I think that uh, you know it's great to see a manager, you know, kind of cheat on behalf of a heel because we don't see a whole lot of that these days. Most of the time, the managers are, are kind of on the sidelines and it almost seems like they don't really have a whole lot to do. But, um, you know, so right. it's it's great to see Maurice get involved and, you know, really get the crowd behind uh, Cesaro. I, I think that, you know, The Miz is a perfect opponent for a guy like Cesaro because he is so talented in the ring and they just have struggled with uh, finding the character in him but when anytime you put him against a guy like the Miz, who is so universally uh, disliked, you know it, Cesaro gets the rub just by being on the other side of the ring a little bit. You know, and I, uh, I know the shoulder injury was a good re- it was like a main reason why you know like he he had a slowdown. I, I just I don't know. I feel like Cesaro should be in a bigger picture than the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, but that's just because I feel like he's a great wrestler. And, of course, you know, he has uh, language barrier problems, which is probably why he hasn't been up in a bigger, you know, thing other than, like, the tag team and, uh, right. and, and the it, Intercontinental thing, you know? the You know, this feud, obviously, it's going to continue along. Miz gets the win. Uh, he kind of gets pulls the tights after the run-in with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Now they're teasing a four-way between them, it seems, uh, moving forward for the IC title. And I think it's a great idea. Yeah, well, you just mentioned that uh, Cesaro is a guy you feel should be not, you know, should be moving on to bigger and better things. I feel the same way about Kevin Owens, and uh, obviously... I do too, but I feel like Kevin Owens has already had his run with the IC title. Well, that's what I mean. Let him have his rematch, which is what I think this fatal four-way is going to come up to, is, is technically his rematch. And let him move on after after the loss. Let Cesaro have the IC title. Let uh, Kevin Owens move on to go and like even if they continue the feud with Sami Zayn and all that stuff, doesn't mean that they can they they don't they can't push him to the next level uh, as far as taking on Roman Reigns because or or whoever will have the belt. Agreed. You know? uh, because he deserves he deserves a heavyweight title shot. I think so too, and I think he will get it. It's only a matter of time. Ambrose and Jericho. Now, uh, another man again. You know, in a match, a, a card that was really full of solid matchups. This was another good one. Um, yeah, uh, you know, ever since Y2J has turned heel, I feel like he's kind of uh, maybe kind of clicked on a level that he hasn't in a while, and he's done a really great job of uh, you know working with these kind of newer talents and, and bringing their game up a little bit. He has, and he has been doing a good job. I have one issue with that match, and all you know, I have one issue with the match, and that's just like some watching that match. I noticed that there was times where both Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho were really slow. Yeah, you know. Like yeah, they were slow. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mention that. I, I've I, I felt the same way about a couple of those matches he had with AJ. It was just yeah. like certain things were were a little discombobulated, um, just as far as a timing uh, standpoint goes. And you know, you could chalk it up to old age on Jericho's part, or you could chalk it up to um, you know uh, maybe just a general uh, uh, 
misunderstanding between the two in the ring. You know, obviously they're calling some of this stuff on the fly, I would think. And right. the, the thing about Ambrose, with Jericho, yeah, because Jericho is definitely an on the fly wrestler. Sure, yeah, he comes from that old school mentality. And, and, and the thing about Ambrose uh, is, man, Ambrose as a character, I love. And Ambrose, uh, you know, on the microphone, I love Ambrose in the ring. He's fine, but I think that you know he's so much more as a total package than he is just as a wrestler. He's one of those few guys that really flourished on the indies. But I did. I don't really think of him as being on the same level as uh, you know, Sam, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, those guys we've been talking about. Uh, you know, in ring he's fine, but he's you know he's a guy that you know to me like his his real strengths come from just being really connected with that character and really um, yeah, being this crazy tough, not gonna give up kind of person. You know, kind of like kind of like uh, Cactus Jack. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and or Harry Funk and Roddy and Piper. Yeah, and Roddy Piper. He's definitely got a Roddy Piper kind of mentality as well, especially yeah. when he did, you know, does the Ambrose Asylum and all that. Yeah, a little bit of uh, a little bit of Pillman thrown in there too. That, that interview with with Stephanie McMahon last night, I actually thought was pretty good because he he just he was just like feeding <laughs> <laughs> a whole bunch of shit. To, uh, Stuff to be making her angry. Yeah, he's uh, he's so comfortable on the mic, and he's really he's a really funny guy. And uh, you know, the crowd loves him. They always go nuts whenever he comes out. It, there was a time when, you know, I think he was probably the most over babyface on the main roster consistently, outside of a Brock Lesnar or you know somebody like that. Uh, you know, nowadays I think AJ could give him a pretty good run for his money. But that being said, you know, Dean's a guy that. I kind of was worried, man. After WrestleMania, taking that loss to Lesnar, he lost to Triple H at Roadblock. I kind of was getting the, the the vibe that they didn't really they didn't know where to go with him going forward. And um, you know, I think the feud with Jericho is a good thing for him because it gives him the opportunity to to win a feud, which he hasn't done in a while, and uh, you know, move forward. I don't know where he'll go after the Jericho thing. Obviously, it's not over. They continued that angle along last night on Raw. Jericho jump, getting the jump on Dean and breaking that pot on the back, of his, the pot on the back of his head. I love the way the uh, the announcers, uh, you know, they called that too. Like, you know, they acted as if he like hit him with a fireball or something. Like, it's a house plant. <laughs> it's a potted plant. Although those, those potted plants though don't feel good. No, I'm sure they don't. Not across the back of your head. <laughs> um, but yeah, the match was good, and I'm glad Ambrose went over. Yeah, I am glad that Ambrose went over. He, you know, it definitely deserved it considering he lost every pay-per-view since WrestleMania. Or, yeah. Or WrestleMania, really. Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, being the runner-up in the Rumble and, uh, you know, I had really high hopes for him in 2016. I still think that he'll he'll do some stuff. I think, I'm predicting right now, I think he'll probably be the Money in the Bank winner this year. Yeah, and that would be great. I do. I do think that would be great for him. He needs to, he needs to get up there and uh I think a battle between him and Roman Reigns would be awesome. You yeah, know, a full blown uh, feud between the two. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Do you like think changing changing the whole brother thing and kind of breaking it up and it will also maybe make a good heel uh heel turn for uh Roman, which We'll get to that whenever we get to the main event. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there's so many things moving forward with that. I'm, I'm really... um, but as far as, like I said, the only thing I didn't like about the match was it was slow. Like, they had some moments where they were really slow, and whether it's age or just miscommunication and all that stuff. And another thing about that is I think they need to do a different kind of moveset for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, he I mean, man, he. I like the little slingshot off the ring with the clothesline, and even when, even when he does it on the apron and all that stuff. Yeah, you see, I'm stuff. I'm with you, man. I think that uh, I think there's not enough. It's almost like he overuses it a little bit. It, I, the one thing that I don't like, I don't like the the whole step up onto the second turnbuckle the run, and running across. I feel like that's that's completely unnecessary. Right. You know? I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, when he does that corner spot. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you know I'm, he does the the suicide dive, which is fine, but it's nothing that we haven't seen a billion times. Right. Exactly. So. But yeah. I, other than that, I feel like I feel like he has a good way, a good career ahead of him too. I think so I too. Mean, I, I feel like I feel like he lost some of his momentum because he was like pushing really big into the like get, to getting into the uh, main event card. Right. I, I feel like he should have. Yeah, I you know he's another guy. Uh, I think he'll 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 have his day in the sun. 
I, I really got good feelings about him. I think he'll be a Money in the Bank guy. I think he'll probably get his first reign off of that. Uh, mm-hmm. When when and where, I guess uh, time will tell. Right. Yep, yep, yep. So from there, we go to, I think, what we can both agree was probably the low spot of the night, and that is the, an understatement. The, the women's title match between Charlotte and Natalia. Uh, Ric Flair being in Charlotte's corner and Brett being in Natalia's. Now, first of all, before we even start, I just got to say, the whole Brett thing kind of had a bad taste in my mouth from the get-go because I, I know he had gone on record uh, recently and said that, you know, basically he had no desire to be there whatsoever and that the only reason that he was even going to be involved is because Natalia had asked him to and it was kind of like a family obligation. And I just really, man, that just rubs me the wrong way. I know that Brett's been screwed over a lot and I, I know I know that he has a lot of anger towards a lot of people about that. But that's just not the kind of uh, message you want to be sending out, especially... Especially going into a pay-per-view event like that, I completely agree. And, you know, that's... That, demons between Vince and, and Bret Hart they really get to like I, I don't know it, yeah. it, and I feel like that that could have probably the reason the story angle that they're going on with now uh, could have been for his remarks uh, possibly possible you know how you know how Vince is yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I I I don't understand why they took took a good match. I'm not going to say it was a great match, but it was a good it was, match. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. And shitted it like that. I yeah. mean, they just took a big, huge, steamy dump on that <laughs> well, whole here, match. Here's the thing, by man. By pulling a screw job. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, really? The, the thing is, it's like this. You know, WWE is kind of trying to take advantage of the the hype surrounding the, this rebranding of the women's division, and I'll, you know we're all for that. Obviously, it's great to see. Uh, you want to talk about talent that's come up from NXT and really made a name for themselves? You know, you got your Charlottes and your Sasha Banks's and Becky Lynch's and what have you. And I mean, they, they've come up and they've really kind of done a lot to to improve the match quality for women and uh, you know give people a different opinion about. Uh, the way women's wrestling is presented, and that's that's all great. And WWE is taking advantage of that. They rebranded the women's title, they call it the women's division. All of that is great. But that being said, you know when when you have a great competitive match like this between two talented women, and you go with a finish like that, it almost kind of makes it all for naught. Right. It really does. And you know what? I don't feel like I, me. I am a natty fan. I'm a big. I like Natalia. You you had her come in the WWE, and she really didn't have any kind of challenger, you know. Because no. all these girls that were divas were not real wrestlers. They wrestled a little bit. Right now, the reason why she's, uh, you know, I feel like she should be pushed on this, uh, you know, to get the title because she's chomping at the bit for some real competition, right? You know, and they finally got real competition. What I mean, why? Why not put Natalia there? Because she's been dying for this. And it's good, it's good to see her mixing it up and getting into the title picture because I feel like she was one of those people that got kind of shuffled to the side once this quote unquote divas revolution really got ignited. And that's exactly. really that's a shame because I think she can lace boots up with any of those girls and, and have a, a kick ass match with them. And you know, case in point, the match with Charlotte was great. You know, they had a it was. It was a and, good match. And they've had good matches at NXT in the past. And, uh, you know, it's, so it, it's nothing new. But, you know, obviously, Natalia is one of the, those people, you know, kind of one of those girls waiting in the wings. And she's there when they need her. They need her but they're not going to showcase her in a way to where she's the face of the division for whatever reason. So I was fine with Charlotte going over. I, I was. I expected it. Um, I just didn't expect it that way. No, yeah, that was the that was the issue. You know, she locked in the sharpshooter, and the referee rings the bell, and it's a recreation of the '97 Montreal screw job, and the announcers. In front are, of Brad. <laughs> yeah, and in front of Brad. Let's 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 put uh, salt in old wounds. Oh, man, <laughs> I know. And the thing that really chafed me about this match, and uh, with this finish, I should say, is that. 
there were there there was nothing established to have it make any sense whatsoever. I mean, as as You're talking a, about the, the actual screw job. Yes, because yeah, okay, no, there wasn't. There absolutely wasn't. So it, like, it, you wanted to do this, you should have like what they're doing right now on Raw with Charles Robinson letting them know that he was Lil Nate back in WWE. Right. If you wanted to do that, you should have done that like before this match even started. Yeah, and I, I mean, I made. I made that connection, recognizing the fact that Charles Robinson was the well, ref. Yeah, me and, too. I mean, if you're an old school wrestler, or right? The wrestler during that uh, wrestling during that uh, time, yeah. you knew who he was. But but they did they did nothing to establish that. They gave no reason as to why that would have even happened in the first place. And you know, overall, it just it, it was just not not the kind of way that you want to finish a, a competitive uh, bust ass women's match for this brand new title that you've just established and you know for this champion moving forward that you want to represent the the brand uh you know i i just man i i can't say enough how much it just totally uh took all the steam out of the hard work that those girls put into that match it did it, it was it was like like it was like so it was getting really good, and then all of a sudden that happens, and you're just like left with this void of nothingness. It was like, really, you're gonna <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. <Why? laughs> yeah, to- total total bummer there, but uh, nonetheless. So from the women's match, we have a pretty lengthy, maybe a little too lengthy, too uh, lengthy. talk talk segment. Between the McMahons and Vince McMahon's verdict uh, as to who will be running Monday Night Raw moving forward between uh, Shane and Stephanie. So, yeah, man, Vince comes out. Of course, the crowd uh, totally nukes him with the CM Punk chants. That was pretty funny. And uh, You knew it was going to happen in Chicago. I mean, yeah, it happens every year. It happens every time. <laughs> No, I mean, on to the whole, I mean, I want to go back to the lengthy part, you know, and I just feel like that the whole reason why that was lengthy was probably because of the whole Enzo and Captain's and, or the, the, that match was what happened with Enzo and More, because uh, that really did shorten the time of the, the pay-per-view, because that match really didn't go as long as, as long as it would have. As long as it would have. It wasn't so, probably, it wasn't even halfway over whenever the injury went down. Right, and you know, it, it just like theater, you have a time when certain things are supposed to go into place. Yeah, I think all the matches, the rest of the matches, went as long as they possibly could have. I, I think that I don't think they had any business going any longer. Otherwise, it would have been kind of like the main event of WrestleMania was. You don't want them to go too long uh, because then you kind of lose interest after a while. But I, right. I think they did the best they could under the circumstances. This this segment did run, uh, you know, a little long for my liking, but fortunately. You know, I, I really I liked Stephanie's promo. I liked the fact that she brought up all these, uh, you know, all these accomplishments that that she was able to to you know make with the WWE brand uh, along with Triple H in Shane's absence, and also to touch on the fact that you know he tucked tail and ran away basically. Uh, I thought they both, you know, made a solid case for themselves from a storyline standpoint. Uh, both played off of each other really well. You could tell that, uh, you know, there there's probably a little bit of real life heat uh, behind some of those words. And uh, yeah, I, it'll be intriguing going forward. I just don't know how long the 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 co uh, existing th- thing is gonna go down before eventually we do have one person running raw. It'll be fun to watch. Well, yeah, I I, I think that honestly, my my thing is that I, I think that they might be trying to make Stephanie more of a, a face now because of the good deeds that she did, uh, you know, does out in the, the public eye and all that stuff. Um, they might end up making her more of a, a, a face or try to at least. You know how tough the WWE crowd is. You know? <laughs> Roman Reigns um, does. Yeah, Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... I don't. I don't know. I see. I definitely see something uh, with this. This is going to be a good, uh, a good thing. If there's one thing that I know, a McMahon and McMahon feud is, is is always a good thing, you know. And I just feel like this could always this could boil down to being some kind of feud between uh, Shane and Stephanie that could end up being like a really good pay per view event or something like that between who knows what wrestlers. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, just, I, I I'm I'm anxious to see what they're gonna do. Uh, 
as far as Monday night's concerned, uh, I don't know. I saw a lot more Stephanie than I saw Shane. Yeah. I, I noticed that especially since especially since when when he will not since but when he started uh, doing the whole Monday night thing, he normally stays in the back. Right. You know, he's not he, he he's not really an out there. He'll come out every once in a while and say a few things, but he's not really out there the whole like all the time. Um. I feel like they should. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like Shane should possibly put more of his uh, influence in. You know. And who I'm and who knows? Sure you know. Get to that. Yeah, maybe. And and but and it might be a philosophical thing on his part. He may not want to take anything away from the talent because I think that is a huge criticism that a lot of people have for the authority is that so much of the screen time is dedicated toward Stephanie and Triple H that it kind of takes away and from long, long promos that yeah. you really need. Yeah, it, right. I, I agree with that too. Being, It's just, I don't know. And I I think it's great that Shane does stay at the back there and all that stuff. But, like, you know, I'd like to see more of what happened in the main event, you know, happen sometimes. Because, I mean, that was that was one of the big things in the Attitude Era was you, you had these matches that get to, like, a certain point, and then it's like, a disqualification or a countout happens, and you know they put their you know they put their two cents in, and it always right. made it exciting. As as it did that night too, you know. Yeah, make their presence felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you know I don't know if this is going to. Hopefully, this will bring about an end to the authority because I think that angle has run its course by now. Yeah. Um, whether whether or not uh, Stephanie stays around as an on-screen character, or Shane for that matter, uh, you know we'll we'll find out. But man, I'm just wondering if we even need an authority uh, figure on screen at this point. I, I do think they add a certain element to the show, but on the other hand, um, you know I I think that. They use it as a crutch more often than not, and they kind of turn it into something that um, really uh, harms the show more than helps it. Because certain right. you know certain angles get repeated over and over and over again, and it just gets tedious, and it takes away from the uh, the in ring aspect of it as well. So the angle itself was fine. Anything to keep Shane around uh, is all right in my book, but hopefully we're gonna have a big shakeup. I think it's going to be good to shake it. Like, like you said, exactly. It's a shake-up. I feel like they're going to shake things up a little bit with it. and It's 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 definitely going to probably produce some really good stuff. Uh, so far, I think the direction that they're going with AJ Styles taking on uh, Roman Reigns and having the rematch coming up, you know, I think that's good, too. Definitely. Um, yeah, let's talk about uh, that. And, you know, I do feel like... Uh, I do feel like a lot of people are getting, you know, getting more exposure... You know, I mean, if you look at uh, what happened on Raw with, uh, you had Tyler Breeze, who hadn't been on TV a lot, you know, and Fandango. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not really, I'm uh, there was a time when I was not watching wrestling, so Fandango's still kind of new to me. I think he's a little ridiculous. <laughs> I know that he was, he was on there beforehand, and he had, you know, been pushed to the back. So it's nice to see that they're taking some of these people and putting them into the you know, TV spot. Yeah, for Even sure. It is to do some crazy shit with our uh, truth and. Well, yeah, dude. Not every storyline has to be, you know, so serious. And uh, you know, that, that was part of what was so great about the Attitude Era was that there was, uh, you know. I don't think that. I mean, you had your serious ones, but a lot of them really weren't that serious. Right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it was just you know ridiculous and just funny and uh, amusing and lighthearted. And I think that. Uh, some of that is a good thing, especially for a company that's trying to market itself as family friendly. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, the main event, man. Let, 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 event let's get into that, it. Oh, I thought it was a great main event. I loved it. I really I did. It was a great and, main event. And I went in with a little bit of trepidation, you know, as far as I was definitely intrigued, which is something that you can't really say. I haven't been able to say about the main event of the show in a, in a really long time, and that's no disrespect to Roman Reigns or, or anybody else for that matter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, AJ Styles, fresh new face, been in the company for two months. He's the number one contender, you know. And then the Bullet Club debuts, uh, Gallows and Anderson, they touch, they touch upon the history between those guys, which I'm really glad that they did. And, you know, they're a total... Um, 
you know, they're a loose cannon, so to speak, going into the match. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Is AJ going to turn heel? Uh, is uh, Roman going to turn heel? I love that. I love that drama of which one's going to turn heel yeah. first. And, and, um, and what's great is that, you know, in the end, not, neither of them did, but yet the storyline still moved forward. I'm, I'm still thinking about the, the, the pay-per-view event. That right. match was so good. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. The match was the great. Boxer, I, I, with, with him doing the forearm. Through the table, man. The table, I, man. The table, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, yeah, Roman came off as a total badass with uh with all those power spots when he did that roll up into the one arm power bomb and everything yeah. like that that was great uh some really good selling on his part you know AJ going after the hamstrings he's obviously a much smaller guy so he's trying to take him down at the knees uh from right. a psychology standpoint made total sense uh these guys man they just gel together really well and you know that AJ had to be the one AJ had to be the one to call that match because he's got so much more experience under his belt. And uh, the fact that they gave him that chance to go out there and make himself and uh, make Roman look like a million bucks, uh, you know, I think it was a good thing for both of them. And I, I definitely want to see more out of these guys. You know what? I, I feel like I think like AJ is the brush air to Roman Reigns because, like you said, I, I believe that they did the same thing too. I believe that, you know, they like that, that he that AJ Styles like completely called that match. Um, you know it, and they did some really, really good. Like, and even with even with the authority, or not just just the, you know Stephanie and uh, Shane, Shane coming in and making the stipulation, you know. It added to it. Yeah, like you said, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, that part of it was kind of a throwback to the, the, the old, uh, you know, main events of the Attitude Era, like Steve Austin right. and uh, Undertaker or something like that, you know. Gallows and Anderson came down, and then the Usos came down, and that freaking jump. I don't care like what people say about Roman Reigns and all that stuff. That man's got some freaking ups. Oh yeah, he, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's. <laughs> He's a he's a major athlete, and, and people don't give him enough credit for his in-ring work either. I mean, no, I think they don't. I think I mean he's not a he's, he's not a mat wrestler, and no. he knows this. But I mean, he doesn't need to be. How many people? How many people were actually mat wrestlers during the uh, Attitude Era? No, that's what I'm that saying. Were on the top. Yeah, and, and and just the same. Oh, you know, he doesn't have a big enough move set or whatever. Like, dude, honestly, Stone Cold Steve Austin was one of the biggest stars of all time, and I mean, by the time he became a main event talent. I mean, he had already been through neck surgery. He was very limited in the ring. He would throw a bunch of punches and right. He could do. He couldn't do a lot of stuff that he could because of his neck. Right. So he only had he had his punches. He had his, his, his stomps and he had his throwing. You know. His, but his but what he stomp. had what he had was the believability factor. You went he, right. this this was a guy that went out there and you believed in what he did. And I think with Roman, they're touching on the stuff that they need to to get this guy over as a star, whether they turn him heel or keep him as a babyface, if they present him in the way that they did last night, I do believe that he will be a marketable and uh, you know long-lasting main event talent for the WWE. Right. I mean, because last night, last night on Raw, I mean, you see, you saw a different side of Roman oh, Reigns. Man. You know, I you love know, that. His family, and I actually like that. I actually oh. like the whole don't mess with family thing. You know. It, and that also that's also one of the things where you feel bad for AJ Styles because he didn't really do anything. That's the so, thing, man. I was going to get I, I'm so glad you said that because this has got to be the most nuanced storyline, main event storyline that the WWE has done in a long time. I mean, we're not talking about King Lear here by any means, but no. it's very simple, very believable, and it it's, it creates intrigue. What's going to happen next? The Bullet Club guys, Gallows and Anderson, they're presented as heels. AJ is a babyface, but they're it's still, but they're still friends, which is believable. And they get him into this situation where you know all of a sudden the Usos are coming after him, and and he lays them out with the chair, and then Roman, you know, is pissed. Dude, dude, that that's that's money right there because you're right. You know, and then you got the other aspect of the whole thing, of that whole like the whole bullet club situation. You got everybody waiting on freaking Finn Balor, right? Did you know that that could change everything as far as the, that those that that little three the little three people are concerned. Yeah. Um, whether or not they include that turn uh, turn AJ heel and they include Finn Balor into the Bullet Club and they make a brand new Bullet Club. 
or whether or not the Bullet Club turns on AJ, which I feel that would probably be better for AJ. Yeah, they're kind of teasing that. I think it would be a mistake to turn AJ heel at this point. I think that they've got a, uh, you know, they got a superstar on their hands if they just keep on the path that they're on. Right, and you know, you can turn, you can turn uh, Finn Balor into a heel. Sure. He has that. He has that persona. He's and he had it in uh, Japan. You know. Yeah, he's the demon. Yeah, so and the I fact that like, I'm sorry, the fact that he dropped the title to Joe recently, you know, that seems to indicate that you know they they're making him available if uh, if need be to uh, right. you know to jump climb aboard and and join the main roster. I think that would be the best way that they could possibly uh, bring him up. But we'll see what they do. All right, that's gonna put this first episode of the Smartened Up podcast into the history books. Hope you enjoyed it half as much as we did recording it. Go ahead and leave us your honest feedback. Drop us a comment on iTunes, SoundCloud. However you listen, let us know, and we can move forward with your honest feedback. Make this show the best that it can possibly be. But hopefully you did like it. We will be back next week. For my co-host John, I am Danon, and this is the Smartened Up Podcast. Podcast.